0: Hello, welcome to Architect Russell Uncensored, this is a podcast where I talk about things I've never really talked about before, um, architecture, being an architect, uh, working abroad, all these things, RIBA, everything, I'll cover it all. Um, today's episode, I'm talking about getting a job working in Tanzania, so I'll, I'll go over a few things and then I'll go at the end and lessons learned of what you can learn from this experience starting from how I got a job in Tanzania if you're looking to get a job somewhere or Tanzania this is how you do it this is how I did it I'm arriving in Tanzania first impressions working here what's it like money and everything pros and cons of working in Tanzania life here nightlife all those kind of things money in the office then why I've been here so long and then at the end i'll do lessons learned and what you can learn from it so how i got a job in tanzania so i was working in australia and i was quite happy there but like i got randomly got a um i think i got a message on linkedin about would you be interested in working in tanzania and i I thought it was um tanzania (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I was working in Australia, I thought I thought they made a mistake. I thought it was Tanzania, because I heard there's like a lot of work in Tanzania, which is like on the west uh, east coast of Australia. So I replied and said, hey, "Do you mean Tanzania or Tasmania? Don't you mean Tasmania?" And then they replied and said, uh, "Tanzania." And then I lo- looked on the map, and it was I didn't know where it was. Um, it was a place called da- they, they said Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. No, they didn't actually. They said Tanzania. That's why I didn't. I thought it was Tanzania. So I looked it up on the map, and I thought it'd be quite interesting because it was like proper Africa, East East Africa, and it's near the coast as well. So I wasn't really that interested in working in South Africa because it's really westernized. So I said, "Yeah, I said, yeah, I'd be interested in working that." And then they called me. They said I was like a good match or something, and had an interview with the the managing director because he was in Australia at the time so um, I went for co- it wasn't like in an office or anything it was just an interview in a coffee shop it was just like an informal chat and I showed my portfolio and everything the thi- i think he was interested but i think i quite, i kind of matched quite well i think what he was looking for i think he was looking for a british architect somebody who had connections in australia uk because I, I i think i kind of matched and um there was another architect working in tanzania at the time and um he asked me to have an interview with him afterwards like online so they said after the interview they said uh, um, they were interested but they asked me if I would have an interview with um, the Australian architect in Tanzania so I had a Skype call with him and we had like a lot of things in common That so that's what I said like I kind of fit the role of what they were looking for like the, the Australian architect he was from Perth or worked in Perth the manager director worked in Perth and I was living at Perth in Australia at the time Australian architect was working in Tanzania at the time. He he worked in Vietnam for a while, and I also worked in Bangkok. So there was quite a lot of things I kind of matched with him and the company. And um, um, so it's not some yeah. I had the experience, yeah, but sometimes you kind of fit a role. Um, if you want a job, you kind of you just fit. your your character fits with them like it's not always your experience if if they like who you are what you've been through if it's similar things to them or you've been to a similar university or you've got a similar background and stuff like that then you kind of got a more chance of getting the job so i had a lot of things similar and i was telling him as well at the interview i was saying like i'm fed up like i haven't designed any buildings yet i've been i've been working in the uk i've been working in australia worked in thailand and like doing shitty work and like i want to I want a career, and like i m- moved to australia I've been in Australia for a year, and like it's all casual work here i I, I want a like proper proper career I don't want this contract stuff they are giving me contract work in Australia three months, four months, so I don't want that I don't, like, want a proper career. I'm like how old am I now? i've been working, I've been registered architect for so long, and like uh, not really doing I've been working on great projects, but I haven't really. And just like assisting and stuff all the time, so he he said, "Oh, you'd be designing buildings all right, come to Tanzania um or <laughs> well, something like that at the interview and then um so I had a second interview with the Australian architect, and that that was cool he was he was really cool, and we got on and then yeah, they were, like offered me the job but th- so I was getting really excited um and I was a bit concerned that my visa in australia i didn't I hadn't been there long enough to extend it. I was only there less than two years. I Had to be there two years to become a permanent resident. So I quit. I get so I, I made a decision. That I'll just go because I never get this chance. And the money was pretty good as well. Um, so I sold my. Ca- and the only thing I had was a car. I sold that, and I got ready to leave because um, they offered me the job and they gave me a date as well, like that weekend. Like it was in like. Three weeks time or something. I quit my job. I sold my car, and then like, it started to get stressful and weird. Like, I think three days, three or four days before they said I was going to leave. I think it was a Sunday I was going to leave, and um, it's like Friday I called the agency because it went through an agency, so I wasn't speaking to the firm that was employing me directly. I said like. Haven't heard from you guys yet. I'm supposed to be going on Sunday. You haven't given me flights or, or anything or, uh, what's going on? I think it was Thursday and not Friday. I can't remember because I was supposed to leave on the Sunday. And they go, and she goes, oh yeah. I said, well, I said, um, yeah. What's uh, what's going on? She goes, oh, I'll call them and find out what's going on. So she called them and then called me back and said. Oh, I, I waited quite a while, and they said, "Well, actually, we want you to. St- we're thinking of uh, letting you work in the, uh, the Australian office for like three or four months before you go to Tanzania." And I was like, "Oh God!" I was like, "I just sold my car, I just quit my job. Uh, like, I'm ready to go. Like, and now you're saying to me to stay in Australia for three months and work for you before I come to Tanzania?" It's like, Oh, hung up and then they called them back and then they called me back and said okay we'll take you to Tanzania on Sunday so we'll get your flight so thank god because I was ready to go so so they got me the flight and then I asked them I asked them like what are the working hours I didn't know I already accepted the job I didn't know what the working hours was (laughs) <laughs> they told me like the day before i got on the plane i'm working six days a week and i did, didn't know that i thought oh shit i was like oh no I, I didn't know i was working six days a week oh why didn't they tell me but i thought okay it's more money anyway i'll just go for it so i went for it so that 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 pissed me off a bit so I make sure you know your hours and everything I think previous interviews I've done, I had a big list of questions to ask them, but this one, I must've missed like the hour. Yeah, but I think they gave me hours, but I didn't expect six days a week. You didn't really ask them. I think I might've just asked them the hours, like nine to five standard or nine to six, but I wasn't expecting six days a week. But anyway, I still took it because it was still a lot more money. And then so I got there. So now on to like arriving in Tanzania and first impressions. I'll go on to that now. So so I arrived and um it wasn't so bad, I didn't have to sell much. I was practically living out my suitcase anyway. All I had was a car in Perth and that was I sold that actually I gave it to some friends to sell. I didn't even sell it. So the other architect picked me up at the airport and um we were driving to my I think my department place we were staying and like you could tell there's like no roads at all like it's just dirt tracks roads it was like crazy um it's just like you're not even in there's no concrete roads it was all dirt tracks i don't know why he t- whether the driver took a shortcut or what it was crazy and then um there's people selling stuff like to the cars knocking on the windows and the architect i was with um he was buying doing his shopping out the window of the front of the car, because there was a driver, and then him at the front, and then me at the back getting picked up at the airport. so they were buying shopping like while they were driving on the traffic jams and stuff. He was like buying stuff out the window <laughs> of the car, so that was a bit strange, and then we kept driving, and then there's still like hardly any roads, and then we got into the city it was, the roads got a bit better, and then we got to my apartment and so he didn't go to he we went straight to my apartment and he just left me there until I think he just that was until the morning when we went to work in the morning I think oh did I have a day off I think I went to the office in the morning I think no I had a day I think or two before I started work. I think that was a Saturday arrived and started work on Monday so Saturday I just chilled in the apartment it's like yeah it was a massive apartment they gave me it's like how many bedrooms was it one two three Three bedroom apartment f- to myself, a massive kitchen, living room, balcony. I could see the sea, ocean from my balcony. Uh, living room, TV was there, big TV. Um, yeah, it was like huge. I was a bit overwhelmed. I was like, "Is it? Like, am, am I the only one living here?" Like, I couldn't believe it. And um, the next day, I went downstairs and there's a swimming pool and stuff. It was really nice. And then I went for a walk and. It was r- yeah, it was just overwhelming. It was really nice. Um, so, And then I think the next... Day, I can't remember if I went ventured into town the first weekend. I think I went for a beer the first day. That was a bit strange because people... I, I expected there to be, like, street food and stuff. I went around the corner and had something <laughs> to, <laughs> to eat outside, and it was... <laughs> it was pretty dreadful. It was like <laughs> it was like not like. So I, I lived in Thailand before. I was expecting like street food to be pr- pretty good, but it, it wasn't really. Um, this place, uh, chicken and chips. It wasn't that bad, but everything's chicken and chips here. Uh, they gave you toothpicks to eat it, and you have to eat it with your hands. And um, it was a, it was okay, but it wasn't like then not very. Uh, it wasn't very accommodating compared to um, Thailand or something. Um, and then the next day, one of my bosses said, no, I don't bother eating out that much. <laughs> but anyway, th- then we went to, now go on to work in town. So that's first impressions. Um, um, but it was nice and warm as well. Like the weather was just perfect. It wasn't too hot. It was too cold. I was concerned about mosquitoes, but they weren't that bad. Like first impressions. You, there's a few around, but it's nowhere near as bad as Thailand or something, the mosquitoes at all so you kind of like when you first arrive you kind of um same of all expat jobs really you kind of in this honeymoon stage you're like a bit overwhelmed at the beginning and everything is fantastic and just like it's just really cultural exotic experience and then i started working straight away so like literally a day later i went to the office i didn't see much yet really so um, my th- my bo- architect boss was giving me a ride to the office every day so I work in there. So I worked for a I it was a contractor I worked for, so it's different to an architect's office. I really really like it and um so the office was like quite big and you you, you had there was a lot of private rooms, everyone had a lot of space, you have um so much more space in Tanzania. The offices, the apartments, everything where you live, where you work, like you got big desks like it doesn't uh, even like this is before covid like you you (laughs) you easily got loads of um room between desks most people have their own room private office we had a little architecture room but there's like three of us i think there's only yeah there's only three of us and then after a couple of months another guy came and then another guy came so that we had a very small team It it was like really cool projects like Properly designing them from early design stage, like the site was empty. Going to the s- take to me to the site, is empty. I have to design something. Was at least two one project was an office project. Another one was a massive project, um, shopping malls, offices, and everything, or a hotel apartments, all on one project. The site was empty. We had to design something, but it was contractor, so. Um, S- sometimes you get someone who's already started it, but you just completely redesign it and change it. Or sometimes you just throw it in the bin and you redesign your own, own thing as well. Um, we had, th- there's, two projects. There was another shopping mall we were doing for ourselves as well. So there's lo- lo- loads of projects and, um, God, it pra- practically des- so much design freedom. We just do what we want really <laughs> like, um, within, um, budget, I guess. Um, Another good thing, one thing working here is um the first when I first started working here, I saved so much money the first first three or four four months. I was I was going in um, to work, all I was paying for was my breakfast and evening meal. My rent was free, my electricity bills were free. At work at lunchtime they would have some, it's an in Indian company, like family oriented Indian company. So I had Indian food in the uh, lunchtime f- for free. It was like uh, vegetarian stuff. But I had a girlfriend in Australia who was a vegetarian. So I was kind of used to <laughs> vegetarian food. So I didn't mind it. So these are the kind of things they were interviewing me as well about. Goes, Do you like veg- vegetarian food? And I said, Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, one of my friends is vegetarian. So I eat it a lot. So that's the kind of thing I was like, um, kind of matched what they were looking for. So uh, I was eating food there and I wasn't paying for transport. So all oh, oh, was first four or five months, all I paid for was like breakfast, evening meal, and then going out <laughs> at weekends. That was it. I don't think I paid for anything else. I didn't even have a phone at first. I think uh internet that was it yeah internet was a pain when i got here it was pretty bad so that was the other thing i was trying to pay for i didn't have a smartphone for a while when i first got here for quite a few months at all like maybe the first year i didn't but then after then after four or five months they started charging the guys at work uh, electricity bills because people were (laughs) leaving their air conditioning on too much so then so they started up they started after six months they started giving us more bills so we had to pay electricity the rent was free but um electricity we started to to pay for things like that and then they later on they the canteen at lunchtime we had to start paying for that it wasn't much but um yeah i stopped paying for that because i was getting a bit fed up with the food so um so that was good good now i'll move on, on to pros and cons of living here so um so some of the pros living here is like like i said more money i get i get more money than i did in my previous jobs, and um i'm not really paying much tax either so that that's 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 really good i mean, i've looked up my salary compared to architects in the u k and i'm like getting equivalent to after all my bills and everything i'm getting equivalent to um a direct i looked it up it's like on the r i b salary r i b a salary it's like I'm getting equivalent to a director for a large firm in London. (laughs) It's like, like I'm not, uh, it's like, I'm only a senior architect. I'm designing buildings. I'm not going to go to, I don't want (laughs) that. I don't want the stress of being a director in London. Who wants to do that? I'd rather be a freaking architect designing buildings. Directors don't design (laughs) buildings. They just direct people. It's like, I don't really want to do that. So like, I'm getting, I might as well stay here. Uh, like uh, it's much better than uh, if you know what i mean so I, I prefer it and then um speed as well is really good here the construction and everything's fast so some of the projects like two years they've been built from start to finish some of them um something that you're doing you spend about four or five months doing maybe six months five months doing a concept design and they want to they, they go on site now, they want to start building the foundations, so you start learning quickly how the design process works because you, you do it you make sure you make sure the you, you gotta be quick because they're starting to build foundations that you gotta make sure okay, you make sure the size of the quick better make sure the size of the building is the correct size and the foundations are ready and everything. And then you can start you start thinking like, oh, what's the next bit they're gonna build quick. You gotta make sure that design's bit's done, things like that. Oh, they're gonna start ordering the um The the block work, they're going to start making the block work next. Oh, quick, I've got to finish the block work drawing. So you start understanding the construction process and you start understanding what drawings are required and the design process and everything. So you learn pretty quick. You don't don't really learn. Everything's so slow in the UK. (laughs) You don't really learn that. And especially because it's so slow in the UK that, like, by the time you, you work six months in one firm, you might leave and go on to another firm, you change projects, or you might work one year on one project doing s- s- something and then um, you are about to learn it and then you change or somebody moves you over to another thing, but it's going on so long that you don't, you don't really learn it. You have to be there for so long in the UK um, to learn all the design process, but here it's, it's, it's pretty quick. So that's another pro for living here and then um yeah i mean ah yeah the um living here for expenses and stuff i was saying i saved money but even though i was working long hours worked six days a week and um, that was when i started you get in um you get a cleaner and everything in your apartment so um i don't do my washing i don't even do my washing up i don't wash my clothes i don't iron my clothes i i, I don't do, I do clean anything i don't clean the toilet i don't even make my bed really um i have a cleaner comes like housemaid comes every day in fact they were going to come sunday i said don't bother coming sunday like that's my day off so um you never get a cleaner in the uk or western countries i mean that kind of makes up for the extra day i'm working if you know what i mean if i'm working i'm working saturdays or sometimes i leave early saturdays that no one says anything anyway. But you sp- if whether we in the UK and stuff, you you working um five days a week, but Saturday or Sunday you spend after the friggin' day cleaning and sh- doing chores and shit. Anyway, the only thing that bothers me is going to the bloody supermarket because that's a chore. Buying clothes, um, so so, so that that's good. I don't clean. I don't clean my house and stuff. So that's really good so that's some of the pros and the weather is really good and you get to go to zanzibar whenever you want and stuff they're the good points but there's some bad points as well but because it's a developing country there's corruption things like that safety is a bit of a concern. i've been mugged once i think so once i've been mugged i can tell you was like coming back from a night out like i think it's christmas eve oh, christmas eve or something i think i was with this girl <laughs> came back and these, I was near my apartment going home and these two guys walking in front of us and I was just joking around, walking, but I don't know why that the, the uh, Bajaji tuk-tuk didn't drop us off right outside my door, It's just down the lane, so I walked down the lane, two guys came up, I didn't know what they were doing because I was a bit drunk, they were just kicking my leg so I kind of went, well, i bent down or something, touched my legs, hurt or something, but I didn't realise it was going, and then, I kn- then they started going in my pockets, and then I realised what they were doing, and I started, ki- then them started kicking them, and then they kind of ran away, and they jumped on this motorbike, and I started shouting police and stuff, because I then I realised when they got on, my phone was missing, stole my f- phone, Then the girl I was with, <laughs> she threw her bag over this, wall that was like another property of a wall so they wouldn't steal it (laughs) so after they ran away she's trying to get her bag back from behind the wall i think she man it was like a fence she managed to get it back so that was quite clever of her so i i think that's the only dodgy moment i've got mugged here but it's like that's just petty crime really they're just stealing little things off you really if you're stupid enough to carry your phone around then that's your fault really being mugged is not a big thing because they're just after little things but if you're not carrying much it's okay but other bad point I, I always get hassled by the police um, which was a pain it's not so bad anymore but they still pull me over all the time and like Bribe me for money and stuff, that's the worst thing. That's one of the worst things about living here. I, I, it used to be, it's not so bad anymore. I haven't been stopped for a while, but there's like times when they like, you know, they get in the car and they tell you to go to an ATM and stuff like, or well, they, t- they take your license off you and then walk off and they won't give it back. So it's like nothing you can do. It's like, it, just, it feels like abution of power sometimes. But there's, a, there's advantages to that though. Like in, the, in Western countries, you get speeding cameras that take a photo of you if you're speeding, but there's none of that shit here. So there's other advantages. The police are not there, you just go. Like at nighttime, it's the red light, you just go. And like you can drink drive as well. A lot of people drink drive because there's not much police checking. There's some, they start to get breathalysers around, but I can't believe when I first got here, like a lot of people would drink driving. It's like crazy. You get a bit put in prison for that in like the UK. It's like, phew. those some of the disadvantages. Yeah, and healthcare as well is a bit of a bummer. But like, I don't get healthcare. Like, in the UK, you pay tax and every you healthcare cover, don't you? It's free. Healthcare's is free. Australia was a bit free, but you still had to pay for it. Um, but here, I don't get any healthcare cover. But like, but I w- we went. I went to hospital a lot um last year and i spent a lot of money but it was pretty cheap actually i went to one of the best hospitals in town here and generally i thought it was pretty cheap everyone said it was expensive i didn't think it was expensive at all i don't even have health insurance uh, there <laughs> was a story that made me laugh <laughs> someone went to the boss at work Complained there was no health insurance, <laughs> and he says like, <laughs> "Why do you want health insurance? I don't even have <laughs> health insurance," <laughs> which is funny because that's true. I don't. Know. You don't really. D- I think they're a bit. It's a bit overrated. Health insurance. It's not that. It's not that expensive. Healthcare really, generally, uh, especially in this part of the world. Um, I suppose I could go back to England if if I was really bad. I guess I don't know how the tax would work with that. Um, So yeah, there's some of the pros and cons. Um, um, I'll go on to other life here, like nightlife and cost and stuff. I did a video on cost of living on YouTube, but nightlife is really cheap compared to Western countries. Like going out, having a few beers, it's bloody cheap. Um, But like after a while though, when you start getting to used to Tanzania prices. Some places are more expensive than others, so they 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 seem expensive but like when you, but everyone says oh that place is expensive but you go to there and then you start converting it to how what the prices were in the UK or, or Western countries. It's still cheap. And you know, like a lot of people complain that place is expensive but it's still it's still cheap compared to um Western countries. Yeah, when I first got here I didn't go to any like expat places um, at all, there was a British pub I never went. I was going to all the local places when I first got here, but then after a while, you st- you kind of mix it up. You kind of miss the other places and you start going back to them. But the beaches here, the beaches uh, and weather are some of the best things. But the beaches around Dar es Salaam are not that. They're pretty dirty, pretty rough. You, you have to go out town to get out of them. I wouldn't really swim in there. A lot of people do swim in there, but it's pretty dirty. Um, they don't really clean the beaches at all around town. Um, the, the the only nicest the nicest beaches around Zanzibar and around where the hotels are and stuff, because the hotels clean them. I don't think the government really clean the beaches here much, yeah. um, which is a bit of a shame. The nightlife is it's more like Dar es Salaam's more like a town. The weird thing is at night. Um, when I first got here especially it's very quiet it seems i mean there's no lights around it's there 's not much light pollution around so you don 't see like blah 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 blaring lights everywhere you got g- you got know where to go there are some good places around after' been a while you know where to go but it's, it was difficult to find places when I first got here, especially just going for coffee and stuff it's, it, there wasn 't many places uh, so yeah so nightlife is good and you Clubs, and there's a mix of people in the clubs. You get local places, you get expat places. Um, so it depends where you want to go, really. Not that bad. It's pretty It's, sa- it's pretty safe, really. It's, you can walk around. It's Like I said before, it's um, just petty crime, really. Just don't take something expensive out, and it's fine. One thing was immigration used to bug me. There was one thing that happened. I was on site once, and... Um, trying to be all professional at work. And then the immigration came and they were like, um, okay, who, uh, who are you? they looked like a bunch of students. I thought there were students on site, there was about five of them. We go, hi, go, who, who are you? And go, hi, um, yeah, I'm an architect. And they go, oh, you're not an architect. Whoa, you're stealing Tanzania jobs, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. And they start like grabbing hold of me. Go, no, they didn't grab hold. it goes, where's your work permit? And I just couldn't find it. I don't carry my work permit around with me. So I had all the paperwork. And then I was just trying to find it on my phone, the work permit. And I said, I can't find it. And then they started grabbing hold of me and like, wanted to take me to immigration. I was like, get off me. And, like, I was trying to email a guy from work to send me my papers for um, the work permit. Heck, they took me, like, grabbed me and took me in this bloody car. Like, there were five of them like, in a car, and like, I'm in the middle of the car, and they wouldn't let me go because I couldn't give them my work permit. And then uh, in the end, I was in there for twenty minutes. They were going to say they'd take me to immigration or something. And then um, the site guys—they gave them some money and they let me go. It's like Jesus Christ, I'm trying to act all good at work, and then these guys just—I don't know—they're just acting like idiots. Like it's just embarrassing. Make 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 you feel like a freaking kid or something. It's like. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's stuff like that happens occasionally, but it's like you've got to laugh at it sometimes. And like sometimes, like I've been chased by the police once, like or twice actually. Sometimes like I've <laughs> been like <laughs> driving and there's policemen, because so I, cause I get fed up, they're just in the middle of the road just trying to get pulled people over. And one time I just get pissed off and I just drive off. And then one of them got on a motorbike and started chasing me down the streets, Dar es Salaam. I was like, Jesus Christ, now time started putting my foot down. <laughs> I better get to work quick. So I went to my work because I knew I'd be safe at my work because everybody's there. And I drive in the parking, got out of my car, and he was there. And he like pulling me out of the car <laughs> like, oh, God. And he was trying to take me down the police station. And then they like, take like, in the police car, they're going, oh, we're going to take you down the police station. And you get all worried. And then halfway through the journey on the way to the police station, they stop the car. He goes, do you want to go to the police station? I go, no. He goes, no. He what can we do? <laughs> then he pulls out some money. <laughs> so there's stuff like that. But you get, like, this, ad- like, advantages. You don't pay, like, bills and, like, taxes and stuff. But, like, there's other things that you have to pay for sometimes that kind of makes up for it. The postage is bad as well. So, like, you, you pay a fortune if something gets delivered to you, or if you want to send something, you pay. It's like minimum eighty dollars to send something, or it's pretty crazy. Um, so, so that's that. And I'll I better talk a bit more about the work because, um, yeah. So when I got here, um, one of the reasons why I got here was to use BIM. Um, they wanted to use Revit and BIM, so I implemented that in the office. So that was good. I think we were one of the first. First firms to use that here, so that really helped with the coordination and stuff. And the c- c- like I said, the construction is so quick, and you're going on site, and you can learn a lot. You don't really. I think I feel like s- sometimes I feel like you, you're not learning all the latest technology here compared to if I was working in the west. But but you would learn in other things quickly because everything's happening quickly. You're learning about construction. Sometimes sometimes the construction, yeah, it's a bit basic maybe or not as um, high caliber as the west but um, it's easier to understand so and it's simple so it's it's a lot of fussy shit in the UK and stuff like little details like drawing these fancy details and when it comes to site the site guys don't even fucking look at it anyway it's like it's it's architects it's the one thing I've learned like working for contractors really think architects a lot of the stuff they do is just pretty pictures it's like uh, they don't really know what's going on like they would draw this pretty picture and like uh, oh I'm sure it's gonna look like that it's like it's just it's just a bit fake really when you think about it um, it's not really pra- a lot of the stuff architects do is not very practical and you just learn more about practicality here because it's probably because it's a construction firm You it's design and build so you're you kind of offering to design and build it. You're not, it's not like an architect firm, you're just gonna design it, and that's it. Let them, let someone build it afterwards. You have to take it and design and build it. So when you're designing, you're thinking about how it's gonna be built as well. But if you're, in an architect 's firm you 're not thinking so much how you 're going to build it. you worry about that later, so they just want to make it look pretty, uh, design it uh, and lo- and then there 's not really a contractor involved, so you 're not really going to get the practicality of it um, so th- that 's why architects are a bit of in the in the dream world a lot of the time because they don 't have contractors on board from the beginning so yeah, that's that's some of the good advantages of working for contractors. Um, so moving on to like why I've been here so long so I've looked for other jobs in like Dubai and I was looking for ones in America and I've still seen jobs in the UK they never look as good I, I mean everyone keeps telling me why don't you work in Dubai but like it's I, I've seen the jobs advertised there they don't look very good and like everything and like what I'm doing now is just, it just looks better than what what I'll do there and that's I, I, I've seen, uh, people tell me last time in Dubai and stuff that like, the jobs foreigners are getting there, they don't last very long. Th- that was the one thing actually when I had the d- interview, because I was mentioning before that um, that I was wanting a, I wanted a proper career, I didn't want a contract job, uh, I wanted a permanent position. So that's why I came here, I got a permanent position. So it's not a contract role. If you go to Dubai and stuff now you probably get a contract for 6 months and then you just pray that you you'll continue but that's not always the case um so it's it's a permanent job that's why I'm here and um it just nothing looks as, uh, like it's 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 good I mean like what I'm doing I can't imagine any other job being as good <laughs> as what I've got now I mean th- that's the reason why I've been here so long and like the money and is really good like like i said before it's like equivalent to a director in london Uh, i don't have to pay um, many bills i get a car they gave me a car as well i don't even pay for that all i pay for is the petrol um i don't pay for the insurance i don't pay to get it fixed if it breaks down because they've got mechanics at work so everything our company has all the different departments have mechanical department, electrical and everything. So they build everything. So they have all these different departments. So uh, th- that's kind of the reason why I've been here. I mean, I'm not going to get an apartment with ocean views in the UK. I can't imagine any place I'll be working as an architect and getting ocean views anywhere, really. So that's probably why I've been here so long. Uh, and then um, to k- moving on to lessons, if lessons learned, if you can learn from these things that I about LinkedIn is where it starts there's a lot of opportunities on LinkedIn so if you continue using it regularly you, someone might send you a message or there's agency this came from an agency so this is the last two jobs I got came from LinkedIn so try and be active on that if you're looking for work They were through agencies as well so I don't know why architects work for architects because they don't have any money if you think about it um, a construction project, say it costs like I don't know, five million to build. Um, the contractor's taking most of that money. The architects are getting like ten percent of the construction cost towards their design fees. That's pretty small, really. It's like a one million project. You get a hundred thousand um, dollars. You'd probably be working that for over a year, and then take out all the people working on it and everything like that. It's not really that much. Um, well, the, the contractor's doing all, and that you're just sitting on your ass drawing all day. Contractors doing all the bloody work. They have to build the bloody thing. They're doing all the sweat and physical work, and they're helping the architect as well. They figure out all the shit that the architect do not understand how to build. They have to uh, figure it out and tell the architect how to how to build the bloody thing it's um it's so much more difficult to build a building than design one that's one thing i've learned here they i was like that when i worked in the uk I, when i turned my i t- turn my nose at people working for like developers or contractors oh he's not designing anything he's working for contractors well i can tell you i design a hell of a lot more than what i did in architecture firms when i worked there <laughs> like i do so much more designing working for a contractor than i did for an architect for architect firm was just doing crap all the time. Uh, uh, we're working for a contractor, you're designing and you know it's going to get built as well. Um, so it's much I don't understand why archi- more architects don't work for contractors. So a lot of people think that they don't design, but they do. And um, it's much more money as well. So uh, All these people complain in the UK that, oh, I don't get much money working for an architect. That's because you're working for an architect's firm. They don't have any money. I mean, there's So, so i hope you enjoyed that and i'll see you on the next one the next one i'll probably talk about or i might talk about studying um so i've I've done most of the countries that worked in so that will probably be the next one okay bye